Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. Today we begin a two-part series on the Children of God, a sex cult that was led by David Berg for over two decades that grew to have thousands of members in countries all over the world. The Children of God cult is also infamous for being riddled with scandals, ranging from child abuse to pedophilia to incest. Today we'll look at David Berg's rise to power, how he successfully gained so many followers, and how his early life experiences with incest and sexual abuse would eventually lay the groundwork for this absurd, crime-filled cult. Oh yeah, and let's talk about the rules for jacking off to Jesus. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If your mom ever caught you masturbating, then made you finish, in front of your dad, stick around. Better yet, go see your therapist before you end up starting a deranged fucking cult. This is Necronomapod. The Ten Commandments were done away with by the law of Jesus Christ, the law of love. God now only has one law. The law of love. To love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. He said, Jesus himself said, the Son of God. In this law, he said, well, of all the law all the prophets. All fulfilled in this one law. Just this one law of love fulfills all ten and all the rest put together. So we don't need them anymore. We're no longer under the laws of Moses. We're no longer under the Ten Commandments. We're no longer under all that religious father So out of the gate, we should probably uh, just clarify here that um, uh, a little disclaimer. This uh, this episode, the next two episodes really are going to get a little intense. And for anyone that's not interested in hearing about um, child abuse, sex abuse, pedophilia and uh, things of that nature, these episodes might not be for you. Um, so, you know, listener discretions advised. These are um, some pretty fucked up topics. But uh, in order to tell the full story of the Children of God cult, we kind of have to talk about them. We'd be doing a disservice to the listeners if we didn't, yeah. because this is the full story. So uh, just off the top, uh, listener discretions advised for these next couple episodes, because they are pretty fucked up. Well done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, now that that's out of the way, here we go. Take two on Children of God. This is a lost episode for us uh, from way back in the day that we tried to do. It's going to yeah. remain lost because it was very, very offensive. And <laughs> it got we a little would be uh, tarred and feathered if it was ever released, I suspect. <laughs> yeah. So we had initially meant to release Children of God as, what, our third episode ever, right? Yeah. It was going to be one of the first three released on the opening day for us because we were we put out three on the same day. Right. And then part two was going to be like the, now that we reeled you in, come back next week. Right. I don't think we would have reeled anybody in with those episodes. <laughs> we were still... Um, we still had some Bambi legs. We were still kind of new at this podcast. Making thing. our way in the world, if yeah, you will. Right. And Dave and I had copious amounts of alcohol. We and, were all three of us were extremely intoxicated for that And episode. yet you still shamed Dave and I, Dave and I multiple times I throughout did. that episode. We made some arguments and gave some advice that could be construed as, uh, I don't know. Not 
good. Not good. <laughs> Overly offensive. <laughs> so we canned it. We put it on the shelf for six or seven months. We're going to take another whack at it here. Talk about some uh, really, I think I texted you last night, Ian. This was the angriest I've ever been reading show notes this yeah. episode. And we've read about some fucked up things, and they're some fucked up things, but this one pissed me off the most. The, yeah, the end The end is very frustrating. Let's be honest. I mean, the guy that started this is a piece of garbage. Yeah. Human filth. Yeah. Yeah, everybody involved that runs this, anybody in the inner circle. Well, let's get into it. Two parts. Part one. Here we go. Children of God. The Children of God, now rebranded as the Family International, is a Christian sex cult that had reached multiple countries around the world. So this is, just to clarify, this is not the Catholic Church, right? No. Oh, because you said Christian sex cult and you you confused me for a second. Coming out swinging. Coming out swinging. Sorry, we we can move on. He's here all night, folks. And next week. The cult was involved in multiple controversies, including incest, religious prostitution, child abuse, and pedophilia. The cult was founded by David Berg, also known as Moses David, Mo, Father David, King David, Dad, and eventually Grandpa. An all-around good guy. <laughs> Some great names. An all-around swell individual. <laughs> David Berg was born February 18, 1919, in Oakland, California, to Father Helmer Berg and Mother Virginia Berg. Can you say that again? You said that really cool. Helmer? Helmer? Helmer. <laughs> Levels like uh, Ernest Angley. Heel. <laughs> Heel. <laughs> what is that? Helmer? Helmer. Helmer Berg. Helmer Berg. I just thought you were Swedish for a second. <laughs> is that going to be my gimmick? Swedish Ian. Swedish Ian. <laughs> That's yes. great. That would be fantastic. We'll do a podcast one day with um, uh, Mobster Mike, Swedish Ian, and um, the uh, uh, Exorcist, uh, Exorcism Girl. Annalise. Annalise. There we go. And Annalise. Yes. <laughs> so uh, his mother, Virginia, was an evangelical radio host and a traveling preacher who made her name during the Pentecostal revival. Virginia's niche came from came from an accident she had where she was thrown off a horse and buggy. She broke her back and it caused her to be bedridden for five years. And then one day she rose from her bed suddenly and then known as the Miracle Woman. And she would travel around to churches telling her story of this whole divine healing. But the only problem with that story was it was complete bullshit. No, stop! (laughs) (laughs) And during the five years that she was supposedly bedridden, she was actually in Fort Worth attending the Texas Christian University. Hmm. Which is, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, you're going to college back then as a woman. I feel like that's more standard like you know what i mean like i don't know it just seems like uh, yeah i would go with that those accolades as opposed to right. being a fucking right. fraud out of the gate here right i i i just have a problem i can't believe that a religion is based on a con and a lie that i mean that's unheard of it's gonna be like stand-up hour where <laughs> he's lobbing him softballs he's swinging away this is day's been waiting for this for months this is his home run derby <laughs> And then his father, Helmer, was. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say it with like just such ease and coolness? It's like his native Hilmer. tongue. Helmer. Helmer. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Thank God this guy's not throughout the whole story or we'll never get through no. this. I think this is the last time we're going to talk about it. Just say it one more time. Read the sentence again. We won't laugh, I promise. His father, Helmer. 
He was a Swedish immigrant who was a preacher in the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Is it true they did not allow doggy or doggy style or reverse cowgirl in the Missionary Alliance? Probably not. Okay. Just curious. In uh in 1925, when David was six, the Berg family moved to Miami and started the Berg Evangelistic Dramatic Company. Within a year of starting the group, it had grown from a small tent of not many members to a 4,500-seat auditorium. David said he did not remember much of this time, or for that matter, his most of his childhood, other than um, scoldings he received from his mother for masturbating. He claimed to have been a chronic masturbator since starting at the age of four. Seems a bit young. (laughs) Ambitious. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. One night, his mom caught him masturbating and brought the whole family into the room, along with a bowl and a knife, and told David that if he didn't stop, she would cut it off in front of the whole family. (laughs) Hey-oh! It's not the right approach. (laughs) Well, to be fair, he could have gone blind, so I think she was (laughs) just looking out for the young man. Uh, talking about this later on, David said that this did not stop him because, quote, It felt too good to quit. <laughs> he also told a story of a Hispanic babysitter named Maria that he had that would, quote, Used to suck me to sleep for my nap every afternoon. So it's like, you want a binky or a blowy? <laughs> binky or blowy? I mean, this, take, this guy's taking blowy every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll blow Iana's binky. <laughs> so with this this whole Maria, this babysitter thing, he would use this ex, this as an excuse for um for molesting his children later on. It's a way of quote calming them down. Uh an example of this is later on his daughter talking like it was completely normal that David would give her a quote front rubbing to get her to fall asleep. This guy's vile. And this is where the story just starts going (laughs) off the rails. We're, what, five minutes in? There's not, yeah, I mean, this whole story. This is probably a low point for any episode we're ever going to do. I I don't (laughs) see how an episode can get more, like... Just vile. Yeah, than this. Mm. I would rather hear Ian say, he Almer 500 times than do this show. Of course we would. (laughs) That's an awesome experience. (laughs) Said we hear about this sack of shit front rubbing on his daughter to get her to sleep. And it's just a... How, how do you do that to your kid? To any kid? Yeah, but yeah, obviously. But just that term, front rubbing. David obviously had a complete compulsion and, and an obsession with sex. And his mother trying to stop him only made it worse. When she caught him masturbating again when he was a teenager, she called in his father and made him finish until completion in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until your father gets home, young man. Well, what did, what did I she, mean, before you bust that nut. <laughs> what did she probably yell, Ian? Hey, Homer, get in here. Good old no, man. no, I want to hear you yeah. be the mom and say it. <laughs> but you, <laughs> what what she, did she probably yell when she saw this happening? Homer. Homer, <laughs> your son, the Harry <laughs> P. Homer. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, this stuff played a major role in breaking these boundaries of between sex and family members. I mean, you can't. I would think so, yeah. 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 I mean, it just... I mean, not, you're not be... making excuses for what this fuck did the rest of the story. But well, no. He's from an early age, just like you said, there's just no boundaries. 
your mom and dad are wa- watching you masturbate and threatening yeah. to cut off your dick if you don't finish. I mean, there's a hundred percent chance you're going to be fucked up. It's not even yeah a question. And the way right? he took it was just like almost like rebellious. Like well, I'm just going to keep doing it more sure. than you know. Didn't stop him at all. And then according to David, that these boundaries of sex with family members would almost be crossed for the first time between him and his mother at the age of 19. At this time, David was driving his mother to and from different revival circuits. One night they found themselves staying in a cold hotel room that only had one bed. While in bed to help stay warm, David's mother laid close to him. And what David said about this experience is a direct quote from a publication that he sent out to thousands of Children of God members. My first reaction was absolute terrified shock to think that my mother would get so close to me and wrap her arms and her body around mine in such an almost sexual embrace. It certainly was a loving embrace and affectionate, and perhaps she meant nothing by it whatsoever. But I think for the first time in my life... I had sexual feelings about my mother, and in those days, I was very young, I was quite virile and potent. I could remember having her snuggle and feeling her warm, soft body against mine, her bosoms against my back. She had on a nightgown, a very thin nightgown. She was still a beautiful woman at 55, charming, and although a little on the plump side, quite pretty and very attractive. And there she was with her bosoms against my back and her arms wrapped around me and her legs wrapped around me. I suddenly got quite an electric sexual jolt that I had never experienced before and I was almost immediately erect. (laughs) Perhaps if I had not been so conservative and extremely narrow-minded in my theology and religion at that time and so absolutely frightened, I might have been a little more responsive. Perhaps I could have satisfied both of us and our mutual, most tremendous sexual needs. It could have developed into a beautiful sexual relationship. All right. (laughs) And like I said, this was sent out to thousands of Children of God members. Couldn't seal the deal with mom. Not a closer. Not a closer. No. Ian is speechless. <laughs> he Almer. He Almer. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, so with World War II going on and David not wanting anything to do with uh, going to war, he mm-hmm. became an ordained minister. He then met met and married his first wife, Jane Miller, and had two children, Deborah in 1945 and Aaron in 1947. David was appointed to be a minister for the for a church in Valley Farms, Arizona, but was ran out of town due to a sex scandal that the details are still not known. Interesting. Yeah, he claims that uh, he claims that he was bringing like his. Uh, what do I want to say? Wasn't this a Native American? Town? Yeah, yeah. So he was like claiming that he was trying to bring his view, like they didn't want his views and yeah, stuff. I'm sure they didn't. But I, I'm pretty sure he probably molested a little girl, I would assume. Probably happened, Well, too. isn't that part of his views? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So after this, he briefly worked as a faith healer, but that also didn't work That's out. That's not a real thing. You mean a faith healer? How do you work healer? as a healer. faith healer? <laughs> Jesus. You cure people of their illnesses and diseases, Dave. Have you really? not watched these shows? They're miracles. Isn't it weird how faith healers never work in the hospital? People in hospitals need to give themselves to Jesus. 
Yeah, that's what they need. And then they bring you on stage and they film it and they put it on some low budget TV show. <laughs> right? In I mean, Akron, Ohio. Yeah. That's on at like two o'clock in the that's morning. Right. <laughs> so the faith healing thing didn't work out. And then he moved on to meet an evangelist named Fred Jordan, who founded the Soul Clinic, which was a missionary training school. David spent 15 years working under Jordan, and then they had a falling out in 1966. It's not clear as to what the falling out was between them. So this was a missionary place? Was it just to teach missionary? Yeah. Not doggy or reverse cowgirl? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) He then took his family on the road as the Berg family singers, which was another failure. Oh, I bet they were so good, too. Almost fucked my mom. Almost <laughs> fucked my mom. There's some great ditties. The uh, yeah, and he's a he's like m- m- almost all cult leaders. He was a multiple failure. You know, mm. I mean, he wasn't successful until. Oh, that's the blueprint. Like right? fifty, yeah. Other than Jim Jones, yeah. You got to keep striking all that bullshit till they all some people Something start sticks. following yeah. on, yeah, and trying to or you know build a following. Yeah, Jim Jones is the only one that I can really think of that had it down right away. I mean, he had that shit on lock yeah, yeah. in, in his tw- early 20s. Well, he's the Dwayne the Rock Johnson of the cult <laughs> leaders, cult just leaders. Mr. Charismatic. Not even the Rock uh, Terriolt, or what was his name? Rock. Uh, rock Terrio. Yeah, Terrio. Yeah, he wasn't even the Rock of the, the cult French-Canadian madman. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the Berg family singers had that one hit though. Uh, I think it was "To Hell with the Devil." Wasn't that their hit? You mean "Highway to Hell"? ACDC. <laughs> that was Angus and Malcolm oh, Young, the Young family. Sorry, yeah. wrong one. That's all right. At this time, his mother was retired and living in Huntington Beach, California, and she began to no- notice the hippie population with no jobs and really nothing to do. So she began handing out free peanut butter sandwiches to hippies. And and once she had their trust, she began telling them about the word of of Jesus. Mm. Peanut butter and Jesus sandwich. Peanut butter sandwich, yeah. Sounds like you're fucking dying of thirst three (laughs) bites into that son of a bitch. And they're not giving you anything to drink. It does sound terrible. Yeah. Want some holy water to wash that down? So David joined, rejoined his mother in 1968 and changed the name of his family band to Teens for Christ <laughs> and had them perform on the beaches of California. How old was he at this point? That He's calling himself a teen? Based well, on the pictures of this guy, band. I just feel like he's always looked old. Well, he's yeah. 50 at this point. Yeah. So he's not actually still performing then? No, no. Okay. He's, it's just his kids. Just and pimping then, out his kids. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's like a scene out of Californication. Just playing on the beach there. Yeah. People roller skating around. Oh, what a good show. <laughs> the best. I've never seen that show. That's highly Have we talked about that on the podcast? That's mm-hmm. one of Dave and I's favorite shows. Yeah, I've never seen it. Everyone probably listening only likes David Duchovny because of the X-Files, but he is way better in Californication. Top three shows ever. You yeah. don't have to watch it. It's on, it's on Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah. It was a Showtime show, but all seven seasons are on Netflix, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah. 30 minute episodes, you can probably plow through it real quick. Oh, that's not bad. You can plow through it like David Berg plowed through. <laughs> no, um, don't finish that sentence. <laughs> Sorry, we can move on. Unless you're going to say his wife in their marital bed, then that's okay. <laughs> Missionary style only. So his, his mom died soon after uh, he came out there and was doing this whole Teens for Christ thing. So he never got to nail her, huh? Nope. Huh. 
It's too bad. Well, that's one of his well, big regrets. Know. That was oh. one of his biggest regrets in that Mo letter. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Just regrets, huh? Yeah. It's a bitch. Just not nailing your mom before she died. I miss that part because I always have to leave when Country Mike comes in because he <laughs> takes my microphone. So I was taking a piss break. I never get to hear that part. So he took over and he started, he took her lead going after the hippies and they were the perfect uh, recruitments because the hippie movement was dying and most of them were looking to fill something, you know, in, in the need to belong to something. Because he was from a different era and an outsider, David saw the perfect opportunity to uh, to just sweep in and, and pick these people up and manipulate them. The Children of God, as of as an actual cult, had its beginnings at the Light Club, which was a coffee house and a youth ministry in Huntington Beach, California. The Light Club had its base in Pentecostal beliefs, which was basically tailor-made for David just to step in. Um, he would use his kids' band to lure in people and have them like cover popular songs on the beach. So I think I have one of the songs that these guys used to play on the beach. It's one of my personal classics. It's in my heavy rotation on my, you know, that I listen to. amazing we found this recording yeah it's a lost archive <laughs> can you imagine walking on the boardwalk just hearing this Gee, such a great day free peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> mouth all dry as shit <laughs> Yeah, so that was one of the songs. It's Jesus a is a friend of mine. It's a, it's a, it's a classic. I, I still listen to it this day. You used to get it on iTunes, I think. It's really good. Went quadruple platinum. I'll, I'll put the link on if you guys want to listen to it. <laughs> so once he had people in with the with the, the the band and everything, he was sticking to the, the free peanut butter sandwiches, and he would give them free coffee. And he would just, like, watch. He wouldn't talk to anybody at this point. Like, he would just, like, walk around and, and, and just watch stuff. And once people were comfortable, that's when he would kind of swoop in mm. and start giving the Jesus talk. Was it the standard Jesus talk, or was it like an um, amended his version of Jesus talk at this point? It was the whatever standard for Pentecostal. Because those guys have the whole like all the talking snakes, don't yeah, they? and the speaking in tongues and all that wacky shit. Pentecostal yeah, they get wacky stuff. Nah. So he stuck to the script on that one. Yeah, and then um, you're talking to his snake. <laughs> Not yet. Not Allegedly. yet. <laughs> David figured out quickly that the per that the perfect in with these young people was to rebel against the the quote system. In 1968, he published a declaration in the Huntington Beach newspaper titled "quote The War on the System," where he ranted about the education system, the church system, the government, and most important, the parental system. So he painted the parents as as the enemy in this situation, and these young people were were in the right about their lifestyle. And David gradually started to bring in that these systems were reeling against God, 
And an example of what he would say is, quote, Jesus was the biggest rebel of all. Oh, how clever. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, he's tying this in. It's like, oh, everybody says you're free, you know, hippies mm. are, you know, rebels and but whatever. you're the normal ones. Right. They're the wrong ones. And the other aspect of it is that hippies didn't call themselves hippies. They called themselves freaks. So, eventually, the term Jesus freak became popular. And I always wonder where that came from. Yeah. Interesting. All thanks to Children of God and David Berg. Yeah, this whole era. Hmm. So popular evangelical preachers like Billy Graham would start accepting them despite their, you know, non-traditional appearances because that's where it was moving. It was like this whole Jesus freak thing. They just looked like hippies, but, you know, so. But if they're buying our nonsense, we'll take them. Right. David realized that building the cult that he couldn't claim himself to be God because he wouldn't get that many people to join. <laughs> you, don't, I mean, you don't say? Yeah, you can't say you're God. He thought of himself as Moses, a prophet that loves God but has all the answers. Because that's better. Well, it's better to have, I mean, you're the guy getting all the info from God. Yeah. God's talking to you. Then you can rewrite all that info once you get it. Much more believable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In 1969, when David began to make prophecies like most cult leaders do, he predicted that a large earthquake would swallow up California, so they had to get out of there. (laughs) Maybe start small, like I predict it's going to rain tomorrow. You know. David left a small group of followers behind in Huntington Beach to run a compound, and this would start him moving around and creating compounds all across the world. David went out to Arizona with around 50 uh, 50 followers where they were separated into 12 groups citing the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm. While in Arizona is when Karen Zerbe, a.k.a. Mama Maria, came into the picture. Karen was raised by a preacher like David and grew up in an extremely conservative family. Who's funding this at this point? Was his parent, did his mom leave him money? Were they wealthy at this point? It's I just not, assumed it was like Jif peanut butter. Yeah, it's not like a... <laughs> Fun for all those goddamn sandwiches are throwing out. Yeah, this isn't like a very wealthy situation at this point. No? No, they're living I guess living if they're like all shit. hippies, they're used to, you know, yeah, just suppose. living out of their cars and stuff. Yeah, they're, okay. they're living like shit. All right. Are you... I thought that Jesus is my friend song went like platinum, right? They were living off the the royalties from that. Oh, that's right. They played on radio. Casey Kasem was playing that every night in the top 40. (laughs) Jesus is my friend. It's a great tune. It's my ringtone. (laughs) I'm sure it is. I believe it. Just kidding. Wu-Tang Clan's my ringtone. Unless anyone think I have that fucking nonsense as my ringtone. I don't think anybody would have thought that, Dave. (laughs) So then David would start seeing how far he could push things by telling his wife that Karen was special and talked his wife into helping Karen sneak out of her family's house to join the cult. Karen Zerby would eventually become David's second wife. And this is another quote directly from David that went out to thousands of followers in a publication. Mostly we were just doing what we used to call necking, just kissing, cuddling, fondling, and petting. She was a virgin, so it took me a little while to get her opened up. But finally, one night, we got it together. And I mean sex. <laughs> Boom, he finally closed the deal, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> was he thinking about his mom? Oh, I think for sure, right? Probably. I think so. Or Jesus. 
just his, his the terms he uses petting then before front rubbing I just took me a while to get her opened up yes. okay fella <laughs> a real smooth guy there so eventually David convinced his wife and, and Karen that the only way to move forward was with polygamy and later that year he gathered followers which at this time was about a hundred people and moved to Quebec David at this time David declared himself the new Moses calling himself Moses David he declared that the end times were near and he was the only one who could lead his people to salvation he cited from the Bible that his followers would be the only 144,000 allowed into heaven when the end times came and he also said that his followers could pray people out of heaven should they not get <laughs> should they not get to the 144,000 before the end times came. So that's convenient. You just, yeah, just bump people out of heaven. Like yeah. if you pray hard enough, that you see their their body go out of heaven and crash <laughs> through the earth straight to hell. That's on you, man. Good praying. What if right now we pray? Who can we pray out of heaven? And we'll pray Mr. Muggs into heaven. First of all, how dare you <laughs> imply that Mr. Muggs is not in heaven? Look, there was only 144,000 people in heaven. I think Mr. Muggs makes the cut. I think it might have been full by the time Mr. Muggs took one to the back of the head. I prayed hard enough that they would be out and he'd be in. Okay. Where does that number come from? Do you know? Revelations. Is it just, is there any significance to that number? Is there just a made up number? It, it's quotes in revelations at 144,000 something so these religions take it as that's the number of people that can go to heaven i forget the exact quote but it's from revelations that's what the jehovah witnesses i I think a lot of people believe that revelations is the hardcore stuff right like like the fire and brimstone yeah the four horse apocalypse 10 dave's bible study group every tuesday (laughs) nights at 7 30 at the local ymca (laughs) i know my stuff man it seems a little wacky not that the rest of the bible's not wacky but you know at this point in human history i think we went through 144,000 yeah. you know acceptable Long candidates that could have made it to heaven <laughs> but that's why you could vote them out right that was that I, I was guess. his little but then can you be voted back in can i pray myself back in can i pray you back in quit at, you're asking too many questions first of all so it's just like a battle of praying who <laughs> right. can pray the who hardest prays harder <laughs> <laughs> also what like what constitutes hard praying? Like Facebook likes. Jesus, Jesus monitors. <laughs> well, but Facebook we're, we're talking at this time. That went, of course, now that's what it means. <laughs> one one like time. equals one prayer. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm not going to go down that road. I was shamed enough the first time we did this episode. <laughs> Is religion not the dumbest fucking thing in the entire planet? So, Ian. So <laughs> at this point, then. <laughs> So 144,000 people, but you can vote people out. Right. You know, like a survivor type gimmick here. <laughs> so, and then, uh, so David said that Satan came in the form of people that were part of the, the quote system. And he could, he was the only one who could be trusted. New members were required to sign a, rev- a it was called a revolutionary contract, turning over all assets to the children of God. So, oh, of course. So here you get Here we go. Now we're getting it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. In 1970, they eventually settled at the Texas Soul Clinic. New members at the Soul Clinic were called babes and given new names from the Old Testament. From the Old Testament, which is classic yeah. cult shit. Change oh, your Ruth. name. What's up, babe? 
So the old the old cult names, the signing over all of your possessions, yeah. the charismatic leader. The only thing we're missing is that common enemy that we can fight against, right? Like we the, already have the enemy. It's the system. the system. Okay. It's the parents and all that. I guess so. So yeah. we're there. Oh yeah, it's and and now he's going to start splitting them up because he went back to the twelve tribes of Israel stuff and divided members into twelve groups. Which was basically just ended up being work assignments. <laughs> like one group had a specific chore and yeah, that's all it was. So after this break, we're going to talk about what a typical day would look like in one of these uh, work assignments. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> we like to drink beer. A lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, Raise your standards. Check them out in social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. So the normal day-to-day life for members would go like this. They would start off with Bible study and then they were given God's orders for the day. Each member was assigned a buddy that would stand by them at all times each member would have to memorize 10 chapters of the Bible and loudspeakers would constantly play someone reading passages from the Bible. That sounds familiar. Much like uh, Jim Jones just playing his rants on repeat. If you got a compound, there's definitely going to be a a loudspeaker system going in a cult. And like later on down the road, when we get to um, Umshinrikia, they had, Mm. that was a big thing with their compound was just blasting shit Mm. through the loudspeakers. Everything in the compound was communal. No one was allowed to have any material items other than a Bible. And that's a really important technique because people naturally like to own things and be able to call it their own. And when you strip away everything but one item, that becomes the most important thing to them. Boy, this thing really uh, sold itself, didn't it? It Sounds Mm. really fun. I would do this for (laughs) no problem. I don't think I put it in the outline, but how they would eat, too, is they would just, like, scrounge around, like, dumpsters and shit and just pile it into a big pile, and then you could pick out what <laughs> it was, like, a free-for-all. Just- well, I guess hippies, that's, I guess, how they probably ate at some point. So they gave up on the peanut butter sandwiches? Oh, yeah, they were that just... That contract with Jif ran up. Yeah. They couldn't sign with Peter Pan. They or, just had a mound. Was Snippy, Snappy? What's the other peanut butter? Um... I don't know. We all just blank blank on peanut butter. <laughs> I only know Jiffy. Well, whatever you're. It's not Jiffy. It's Jiff. Jiff. It? Jiff. Jiffy's Jiffy pops popcorn. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Or Jiffy Lube. Your oil sure. changed. Just saying. All right. Well, whatever your favorite uh, peanut butter brand is, they couldn't <laughs> sign with them and keep providing sandwiches, <laughs> right. so they're digging through fucking dumpsters. Don't you feed. have to front load? I mean, better conditions into a cult to get people in. It doesn't seem not like- when you're attracting imbeciles. I guess, but these guys were just hanging out in Huntington Beach smoking weed all day. I mean, what's the lure to move to Montreal and clean toilets for Jesus? I I don't get it. You just answered the question yourself for Jesus. (laughs) All right. I I don't know. 
The world's, he told them the world's going to end. They need to be saved. What would you do? It's only 144,000 spots, Dave. I guess. You're right, I guess. I, I personally would sit on the beach at Huntington Beach and smoke joints and tell the world <laughs> on it, but yeah. You don't want to eat out of a huge mound of garbage? Yeah, I mean, this is just... But I don't know. I'm never going to understand this this cult mentality, I guess. David ruled this compound with just a really, really bad temper. And nine times out of ten, he was just blackout drunk off Hell the yeah. line. He would just get blown out. It's the only good thing line. he's ever done. <laughs> and most of his sermons at the Soul Clinic would be him just completely just blown out drunk and rambling for just a couple hours like just a straight up like stream of consciousness stuff like it didn't even make sense he just just started talking Mm. like most cults david had a sermon for the general followers and then another one for the inner circle shocker the sermons for the general members would be very restrictive of sex uh they weren't allowed to hold hands and they couldn't even kiss before marriage but in the inner circle, especially with David Berg's children, sex was what the cult was all about. His family was always exposed to this like this incestuous behavior. And now that David was the end time prophet, he could pretty much get away with anything that he wanted. One night while in a hotel in Dallas, Texas, David was hiding from embarrassment for being deported from Israel, which... If you if if you read any of the Mo letters later on, he has an extreme uh, extreme anti-Semitic views. Man, he is well, he is rough him. on that. What did he get deported from Israel for? I, I don't know. Just I, being it, a fucking asshole. It's probably. best not to know the answer to that question. I think it kind of sounded like he was going there to check out. You know, maybe moving compound there, and yeah. Israel told him to fuck off. Yeah, I'm sure they did. <laughs> So while he was in the hotel, uh, David held a meeting with his daughter, Deborah, her husband, um, his son, Hosea, his wife, his son, Aaron, and his wife. And after the meeting was over, David stripped naked, took out a bottle of wine, and said it was time for a, quote, sharing party. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I wish I would have known this story in college, because I would have done this every fucking night. Just gotten blackout (laughs) drunk, walked out just naked, and be like, it's time for a sharing party. (laughs) After you knocked on the door and did the flying squirrel? (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) That's how you get everyone ready to go. Get them all revved up. Those juices flowing. Literally, these these were basically just family orgies that in the beginning didn't involve any swapping of partners, but they had their naked father just walking around watching them all have sex, which is fuck. It's that's a wild scene. There, disgusting. You think he's just he's just walking around, his cock swinging around. He's got the (laughs) bottle of wine. He's like taking notes. That is wild. <laughs> when just picture what he looks. He's all old and shit. He's got that yeah. huge white beard. Well, we posted the picture on Friday as the <laughs> yeah. teaser pic. Just think about that. He's like, oh, Except you're really showing me something, I'm, Hosea. <laughs> I'm quite sure his nutsack looked just like his face. <laughs> Fucking hair hanging down to his knees. Just hanging there looking at you like, watching you have sex. Give her some ass to mouth, Aaron. <laughs> the fuck's the matter with you? Have I taught you nothing? I'm praying you out of heaven, motherfucker. <laughs> Let me show you how it's done. Get over here. Well, that's not far off from where, oh from my where God. we're We call that a teaser, one. folks. Zebra, tongue your, tongue your husband's asshole. <laughs> Toss a salad for dad. No, sweetie, like this. Look, I'll show you. <laughs> 
and we need to get back on track. <laughs> so every uh, every disgusting thing that David would eventually that would, he would spread out through the cult, he tested it first on his immediate family. He would eventually start having sex with his son's wives and using it as a game to play them against each other. So, like, he would promote one son for letting him have sex with his wife while demoting the other ones until he wanted to have sex with their wives again. Aaron, Hosea, let me put it in his wife's pooper last night. <laughs> could you Could you imagine? Like, just think that for a second. Like, you're pumped that your dad's banging your wife because you're getting promoted. No, I, I can't. Like, I can't. <laughs> this is complete insanity. Yeah, I can't even wrap my head around that. That's so gross. So by the, by the end of 1970, David had shipped off his first wife, who he called the, quote, old wine, and kept Karen <laughs> Zerby with him, which she was the new wine. And <laughs> well, in all fairness, have you ever had, like, wine that's, like, turned and not been good? It's not pleasant. We don't want to drink that. No. We want the new wine. Give me some of that new wine. I don't know. Is I thought you were supposed to drink aged wine, or is that whiskey? Look, I like Boone's Farm, so you're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> Does wine age? I, I, don't, don't you know. have to age it in the barrel? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it has to be aged. Properly. I mean, if it's just oh, okay. the bottle of wine sitting on your shelf, it's not yeah. getting better. Or aging, like once right? you like take the cork out, if it sits too long, like you're not drinking that again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like whiskey too. I'm not really a wine guy. Yeah. Well, I didn't say whiskey. I said Boone's Farm. Oh, <laughs> sorry. You're right. But let's be. Dave, well, you're you country can, Mike. Dave, of course, you, you drink. Boone's I am Farm. not. How dare you, sir? I am not country, Mike. I do not and imbibe on Boone's have you, Farm. No, that's not what I was going to say. You've enjoyed Boone's Farm at one time or another in your life, yes or no? Who I has not? I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, buddy. Come on, stop it. Ian, have you had Boone's Farm? No. I have had I mean, Boone's maybe Farm. I have, but the I Mad know. Dog 2020. Yeah, I've not had Mad Dog, It's though. disgusting. Oh, Mad Dog, for sure. Boone's that was Farm, like my high school drink. Yeah. yeah. Boone's Farm is straight sugar in a bottle, and then you throw up the prettiest colors. Oh, it's horrific. I used but to get, for $1.99, you can get shit-faced. I used to get blown out on the blue Mad Dog back in the day. <laughs> I never had the Mad Dog. I just had Boone's Farm, and I used to buy King Cobra 40-ouncers. Malt liquor. Pound those. Yeah. Hell yeah! And one ten vodka, the little fifths of those. Those I are dirt that. cheap. Was that like gas? Is that yeah. is that like gas station vodka? Yeah, it came in just like a little glass bottle. But like, like so stuff you, you get like at the gas station though. <laughs> yeah. So it's like fifty proof or something. That's not even real vodka. No, it comes from a liquor store. Oh, oh so right. yeah. okay. It's one hundred and ten. Well, I'm thinking proof. like the what is it like the Kamchatka or whatever like that you can get it like Walmart. Well, Kamchatka swill vodka from the liquor store, but they have that. But all you that, can get it at Walmart and stuff. We can get like that Paramount and that fucking. You can get forty two proof. Is that what it is? Fake forty two fake vodka at the at the grocery still store. enough to get you fucked up. It also tastes like rubbing alcohol. Oh yeah. That's awful. Can we do a like a Kamchatka night in here one night? <laughs> we'll just put a bottle of the cheap ass vodka in here and drink yeah, it. Yeah, if we got some a bottle of aspirin for the morning and right. something. Well, I will die because I'm allergic to aspirin, but you can have some. What are what's not uh, not King Cobras? What are some other forties? No. Um, old, steel old reserve. English. Steel old reserve. English. Steel, steel reserve. reserve. Old English. Steel reserve is one of the most disgusting beers it's I've brutal. ever had. Colt forty five. Colt forty five too. I mm-hmm. was always Magnum or King Cobra. It's all just malt liquor. It's yeah. all the yeah. same thing. Well, I disagree. Steel reserve was the worst. <laughs> was the worst. Yeah, I remember back in yeah, senior year of high school, man. Two uh, two steel reserves would fuck me up. Oh, I'd yeah. be good to go. <laughs> So, like, for $4, you're shit-faced for the night. Man, oh, must be nice. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, over here, I have to take out a loan on my house just to get drunk. <laughs> so with the, this whole new wine, old wine, new wine shit, David went ahead and put that that information out to all his followers, and that would start what he called the Mo letters. The Mo- he's Moses, right? Or what are all those fucking names he had? Well, he ended on Grandpa eventually. Uh, That's Moses, I- David, Mo, Father David, King David, Dad, and eventually Grandpa. Mm-hmm. But some just call him piece of shit. <laughs> So the Mo letters were uh, news newsletters that were written by David himself that were just drunken ramblings, but they were numbered like uh, Bible passages. Some would call Necronomapod drunken ramblings. <laughs> Some would be correct. <laughs> he would write these things with just ridiculous hippie slang, and almost every sentence was ended with an explanation point. The Mo letters in open polygamy was the first step to turning children of God into a, just a full-blown sex cult. Well, all right, let's get this party started. If the party Be didn't involve little kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with the rise of um, awareness in the country about the danger of cults, a lot of parents started to try and get their kids out of uh, Children of God. And these parents were known in the cult as 1036ers after the Bible verse Matthew 1036, quote, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Hmm. Which is pretty much... I mean, it works for saying people sure are your enemy. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's what it means. And I think with a lot of Bible quotes, you can well, fit yeah. it to mean whatever you want it to well, mean. Right. Clearly. So, and then like you were saying earlier about about having an enemy, this was like right up there. It was like if they're trying now with people trying to get kids out of yeah. it, it's like, well, if they're trying to stop us, we must be doing something right. And I think that's what I meant more is like they need to have that like, look, they're trying to stop us now, right. so we're doing something right. It rallies so everyone together for yeah. a common cause, right. sure. Besides the peanut butter sandwiches, obviously. With right. no jelly. No, you can't rally around a fucking peanut butter sandwich with no I shouldn't jelly. have brought it up because now I'm getting upset again about it. Mm. Fucking dry peanut butter sandwich. Well, it's like Jim Jones with the whole faking uh, the shooting thing or at his house yeah. and the police didn't do anything. They're so after was, me, so... Right. So he's like, well, now I have this connection with the African-American community. We all have this problem with racism, whatever. But at, th- at this point, David had been uh, consistently releasing these Mo letters and just subtly making them more and more sexual. And then in 1971, David wrote an infamous Mo letter titled, I Got a Split, <laughs> in which he explained it was crucial that he and Karen Zerby leave the country to spread the word of God. Th- this quote coming up here is an example of why it didn't matter if he wasn't around in person to run the cult because Jesus was inside of all of them. Hey there, party people. How's everybody feeling? How's the mood in the room? Now remember, he's right here with me now, in me, but he's just as much right there with you, in you, there right now at the same moment, in the same power, just as intimately and as personally as he is here with me, in me. You can enjoy him as much as I can, and I can thrill to his presence just as much as you can, and we can all enjoy him together, anywhere, Everywhere, anytime, all the time, in all of his power and fullness, just as much for you as me, and just as much as them as for us, and just as precious and sweet and intimate as for any. 
by his spirit, through his words, for the words that I speak unto you, they are the spirit and they are life. Can you dig it? Ooh, yeah. That was an actual audio clip. <laughs> One of his live readings, right? <laughs> yeah. That is just like makes your fucking head spin. It was a lot like, of Jesus is inside of me, Jesus is inside of you, yeah. he's penetrating me, he's penetrating you. <laughs> he's all penetrating all of us. <laughs> Based on that statement. So from that moment forward, David, he carefully chose which members of the cult that he would interact with. And they were always people in the inner circle. The only way going forward that general members would hear from him were through the Mo letters. And in 1972, he declared that the Mo letters to be, quote, the very voice of God himself. It's like people never saw him after this. He nope. didn't recruit. They never met him. It was just, he was kind of a deity. And then you just had to take, you know. These are, and that's the way it's set up still today. It's like, it's these compounds or around the world and yeah no one knew what he 90 i'd say like probably 95 99 percent of the people didn't know what he looked like so they bring you into this call they're like yeah this guy small guy yeah this is what he preaches but they never met him they father just, they moses read, david moses yeah. whatever they just read these letters right yeah, yeah. And then you read these letters and it's like, oh. Who's this fucking yeah. whack job? <laughs> this is the guy I'm supposed to be following? Yeah, and that's a thing that I said, and we'll see here coming up, but um, when we weren't recording, I said, you know, usually I have sympathy for, for cult members, but that, this one is just like, oh, you would just have to read one of these Mo letters and be like, wait a second, this is... What am I doing here? Yeah, this is way off the fucking rails. In the Mo letters, too, it, 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 he was either, like, looked like your standard um, illustration of God, or he was, like, this muscular body with a cartoon lion head. <laughs> That's the fucking way I want to go. Like, nice. I want people to remember me as, like, the jacked-up dude with a lion head. <laughs> and the artwork is, I mean, it's extremely graphic and ridiculous, but the style is cool. It's, like, the really cool comic book. Art? Like, whoever drew these was yeah. really good. But they have a good artist on staff. Yeah. But they there are some rough pictures, man. <laughs> some, some are pretty wild. So in the Mo letters, David would start encouraging wife swapping and orgies and ones that were titled uh, Revolutionary Sex, Revolutionary Lovemaking, Love Light, and The Goddesses. He even went as far as to write that masturbation in public should be allowed, saying, quote... In the Western culture, it has been made a taboo. This has made public nudity or public sexual activity not only considered sinful, but they've also passed laws to make it even illegal. When as far as God's laws are concerned, these things are not unlawful at all. <laughs> it would be pretty funny if you just, you know, walking around town, you saw guys like jerking off at the yeah. bus stop and stuff. <laughs> It'd be amusing. I don't think that would be very fun for very long. <laughs> maybe once. Maybe. Well, I mean, you already see it in the Walmart parking lot, right? So, <laughs> oh, see it that's... in the rest of the town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, too, he used the uh, quote from the Bible that was that said, um, like, to justify all this shit, it was, quote, to the pure, all things are pure. So if I'm pure, no matter what I do, I'm still pure. Right. If you're pure and you give your life to Jesus... You can basically do whatever the fuck you want. That's, that's not a bad deal. 
I, I got to give it to him there. That's not <laughs> a bad right. deal. Returning Dave. By the end of this, the next week, he might be a full-blown member. The problem with that is you're going to be in heaven next to Jeffrey Dahmer, who ate your brother, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a fair point. He was, he found Jesus. Of course jail. he did. What else yeah. was he going to do in prison? Yeah. Now he's in heaven. Someone's got to pray him out. Try real right. hard and pray him out. We should pray Jeffrey Dahmer out of heaven. <laughs> Start going, praying. <laughs> Also included in, in this Mo letter was his first experience with masturbation. I will never forget that the f- I was first taught to successfully masturbate to a complete orgasm by an older boy who whispered it in my ear while sitting in the third church pew from the front during one of my father's Sunday morning sermons. I gladly accepted his invitation to go home with him for Sunday dinner to learn more, and he was most happy to teach me, along with some of the rest of our friends. His simple, his simple little lesson was just to to jiggle it up and down until uh, it feels so good. It hurts. Yes. Uh. (laughs) That's fucking absurd. Ridiculous. I'm like, finish, dude. I can't keep making this sound. Jesus. Country Mike can really go. Jesus. That was ridiculous. And this is where it starts to take even more of a turn. So did you guys do that with little kids at church? Uh, No. No, I didn't. No, can't say I did either. No. No. It's uh, it's different. I figured it out on my own. Yeah. They don't, don't, you know, didn't need Johnny at church. (laughs) Or my friend that had his dog licking his dick either. You know. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, and then he also started to introduce pedophilia into the Mo letters with, quote, If early marriage is wrong, then why did God make girls able to conceive and bear children at such an early age? If it's wrong for them to marry at such an age, in most Western cultures, it's even illegal. The so-called child marriages are usually forbidden by law in the West, whereas they are quite common in the East. And why not? God has made boys and girls desires of and able to have intercourse and bear children at those ages. A sicko. So that Man. one I don't love as much. No. I don't love that comment as much as him jerking off. Not much to joke about there. No. So, and then the only... Um the only sexual activities that that David preached against at this time was uh, pulling out and male homosexuality, and eventually, like we were talking earlier, the Mo letters would be become illustrated with that comic book style drawing, and and they were extremely graphic. And this this is a quote from one of his com- one of the comics titled "Dad Sex Talk." <laughs> The Lord put pubic hair between a girl's legs for good reason. It's a cushion to absorb friction. He put a nice shock absorber right on your bun bun. (laughs) Now, some girls let that beard grow so long that it's almost impossible to find an opening in the undergrowth. I like to see it nice and neat and well trimmed. Not shaved, but trimmed with a pair of scissors. Leave enough so that it's still a good shock absorber. 
especially if you do a lot of you know what. <laughs> so, so I guess he's an innovator in this regard because back in those days it was you know fucking ZZ Top, big huge ZZ Top bush. So <laughs> he said the undergrowth, the undergrowth. <laughs> might be the what do you have to have to have undergrowth? <laughs> That's so gross. I mean, we we have a mutual friend of ours who appreciates that big. <laughs> Big bushy beaver. I mean, <laughs> the guy's a sickle. Let's be honest. He should be ashamed of himself. It's disgusting. Does he appreciate the undergrowth as well? I think he loves the undergrowth. Oh my gosh! But I digress. Sorry. Sick. What's sick? David Berg or our mutual friend? All of this. Everything. Oh, our mutual said, friend. I'm with David Berg on this one. Everything we've said from the beginning of this episode is just all sick. So. I got to go with Berg on this last one, though. Sorry. Well, I don't disagree with that, but just having the conversation is sick. Naturally, I mean, not everybody was cool with this. I mean, there are, I mean, there were still rational people that were in this cult, but and then they started seeing all this sex stuff and they're like, wait a second, like, where the fuck did this turn come from? Yeah, um, one, I'm I'm having peanut butter jelly sandwiches. No, no, no there was no jelly, my man. <laughs> oh, sorry. There was peanut butter sorry. sandwiches. Now they're into this stuff. Yeah, now well, yeah, they yeah. sign up for it. You're talking here. about Jesus on a, uh, you know. Skippy. That's the peanut butter. Skippy. What did Skippy. I say? I don't know. Yeah, I don't Skippy. think you I said I thought anything. about that earlier, though. It just came to me. Yeah. So you're having peanut butter sandwiches on Huntington Beach in California. Next thing, you're halfway across the world and in a sex cult. Yeah, and this dude's just talking about how he learned how to masturbate and wild shit. So they purged people that weren't, that weren't cool with it because... God is speaking, he's Moses, so God is speaking with him, and the Mo letters are the word of God, so if you weren't on board with it, then get the fuck out. Bye. And he let people leave. He didn't, if you weren't cool with it, get the fuck out of here. That's a little different than most cults, right? Yeah. Some, at least. They would give you the whole talk about, Jim Jones would just fucking torture you, Yeah, he'd fucking threaten to kill you. Um, Yeah, his, this was more like they would give you the talk of, like, you know... You're sinning. You're. This is. The, you're not going to be one of the hundred forty-four thousand, right? Like that kind of like yeah. guilt trip kind of shit. But they weren't like. Wasn't like Jim Jones or like Um Shinrikyo, like those ones that like forced you mm-hmm. to stay in. Okay. So eventually, these Mo letters would go as far as telling members that when they were masturbating, they should fantasize that they are having sex with Jesus. Oh well, who doesn't do that? <laughs> and to get around the whole. Um, like homosexuality aspect of it, men were told to fantasize that they were women being fucked by Jesus. <laughs> no problem, simple. <laughs> and, uh, and Karen Zerby, she in one of the Mo letters, she included a bunch of phrases that members could say out loud while they were masturbating. I want to enjoy you, Jesus. <laughs> To look at you, to taste you, to feel you, to fuck you. You're beautiful, Jesus, and so sexy, sexier than I ever dreamed. So, so handsome, so naked. And so hard. <laughs> My pussy is excited for you, Jesus. 
I crave you, Jesus. I'm hot for you. <laughs> My legs are spread to receive your penis. <laughs> Enter into me. Give me your seeds. Come, Jesus. Oh, please come. <laughs> Jesus, I'm lost in your love with every thrust of your penis. You take me higher and higher. Amen. So that's how you jerk off to Jesus. I thought we would have Monk Dave do the, the interpretive <laughs> readings of the of the instructional <sighs> manual. I don't know how else you would say that. Exactly. Yeah. It's more holy when you d do it in like monk chanting. <laughs> <laughs> My pussy is excited for you, Jesus. How could it not be? It, it's just... It's <laughs> Ian is speechless. <laughs> it's just reading. I mean, if you got this in a letter, you'd have to be like... What the fuck? It's just my... A lot of... This is just mind-blowing. Really, what this whole story is how many people... Bought into it. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. That's like with most of these cults, but this one is worse than all the others. This the, is just, it, I yeah. mean, I guess there can be an argument made for any of them, but this one just with the, the fucking kid shit and then having to say this shit while you're getting off. And we haven't even really got into the kid shit yet because he's just dabbling with that at this point. Mm, just yeah. kind of. Oh, so you mean it gets it. worse from here? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. People um, probably listen to this like, God, these guys are laughing a lot during this part. Yeah, because we have to. We have to get through this fucking episode. The, yeah, you can't just read it straight. I mean, no. it's so vile. Well, and then at the end of the whole Jesus fantasizing about Jesus thing, they were required to say like a thank you thing that was almost like a, a prayer that was like thanking Jesus for allowing. Allowing me to come for you today. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> but David, he also started to just create like this whole world of dumb shit that was just randomly thrown in into these Mo letters. And one of the most famous ones is an Aborigine demon named Hong Kong Gulagong. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is the most ridiculous part of this whole story. So explain how this works again. He was just like character thrown into his letters yeah he would come up with these just just random shit like he would just like i said we were talking about before he would do all his stuff just blown out drunk so and he would write these things super drunk so sometimes these would go way off the rails just talking about random shit um and then we got Hong Kong Gulagong. So he came up with this character, this demon named Hong Kong Gulagong, who he said would attack Christians that were trying to spread their word to uh, Aborigine people. And the name Gulagong came, came to David during a coughing fit. And he said, quote, Every cough was a word, and every word was shaped like a nipple, with all the nerves running up to the nipple. It doesn't even make sense. Oh, there's that. <laughs> Just blown. Kong, kong, kula, kong. <laughs> now, did you taste the nipple? Did you taste those nerves running up to the nipple? I mean, so there, there was a 
a tennis player named Yvonne Gulagong who was had an Aborigine background. I, I'm, this is I'm sure this is where he took this from. This is a ridiculous fucking story. He, he also said that being attacked by a Hong Kong Gulagong was like getting smothered by a bunch of breasts. That so doesn't sound awful. The set, well, the, the sex. I mean, it just it, you came and get away from it for a second with this guy. Even when he's being like a complete racist piece of shit. <laughs> Dumb. Well, the, in the drawing of Hong Kong Gulagon is very... Uh, yeah. It's not Questionable great. Questionable at best. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. David and Karen Zerby would also write about spirit helpers who were prominent figures from history, mythical figures, and some of them were even dead celebrities that would assist members of the cult in, quote, Christian warfare. These included Elvis, Merlin. <laughs> I can't say it. Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> George Burns, Rasputin, Arthur Ashe, and Richard Nixon. Who was still alive at this point. <laughs> Richard Nixon was not dead. Well, And like Arthur Ashe is... Arthur fucking, Ashe was probably still alive too. He's a tennis player. Like, what's yeah. he? What's he have to do with any of this? Well, I didn't know Frosty the Snowman was a Christian warrior either. <laughs> that is a fucking snowman. Well, you've been misled your whole life. <laughs> I, mean, it, I, it, it, I just, it has to be just, just fucking wasted, drunk. That's the only thing I could. Did you ever notice Frosty's arms? They're just crosses. <laughs> Little twigs coming out with a. Well, I would assume it's after he got the magic in him and he came to life. Well, sure, right. Yeah, so he's got real arms at that point. Does he have real arms? I mean, what has he got, like human arms going on? Well, but his hands, he doesn't really have fingers. Look, I don't know, man. I'm not going to deep dive into Frost of the Snowman with you right now. Well, it's clearly divination, so he's no longer uh, Christian when he's brought to life. Look, I'm not going down this road about Frost of the Snowman. Stay tuned for a bonus episode on Frosty the fucking Snowman. Do you think at this point he's just like these people will believe anything yes. I say? Well, they'll, I think I think they'll do anything I say. Let's just ramp face. it up. And, he's drunk. He's drunk. No uh, one knows throw who he frost, is. Throw frost this snowman in the mower. <laughs> right. He's protected. And Rasputin, maybe that guy. Yeah. How about the the president too? I mean, it's just nonsense. And I really wouldn't consider Elvis a Christian warrior. I don't know what he had. I, I don't know what anybody. Merlin. What does Merlin have to do with this? What's Merlin going to do I'd again? Him with Frosty like the Merlin Snowman. the Wizard from Camelot? I mean, I, that's how I ridiculous. What does that even mean? It means that this guy was fucking drunk off his ass and just writing down a list of characters and celebrities that he wanted to be their heroes. I've said this before. I don't know how many times in the show, but we could start our own religion slash cult. Same thing. It would be the best. But we would serve peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Of course we would. And we'd also give you like a glass of milk or water or lemonade or iced tea. Maybe I'd a banana a on the Arnold, sandwich. I'd make an Arnold Palmer for you if of you wanted. Of course you would. Because we'd have a dynamite cult. There's so many people you can trick into doing just anything. Yeah. I mean, if I read that, even if I was into it, and you're trying to tell me that Merlin and Frosty the Snowman are going to assist me in my battles? Look, I've devoted my life to this drunk pedophile. What am I doing? It's time to reevaluate. You guys say that until you're ready to go to war and you look to your fucking right and there's Frosty the fucking snowman suited up ready for war. And then you look to your left and you got fucking Merlin the wizard. And then what? I feel pretty safe. Oh, man. Unless it's a hot day and then Frosty's fucked. 
Yeah, <laughs> Shh, don't ask those questions. <laughs> he, he's an Antarctica warfare. <laughs> Southern specialist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so by the end of uh, 1970, well, and this is just, uh, and this is a crazy stat, after all this wild shit, the end of 1973, the Children of God had uh, 2,400 full-time members, 140 compounds in 40 different countries. But, so 2,400 people in 40 different countries? Yep. Who's funding this at this point? Is well, this everybody's more giving well, up their assets. giving up their stuff? Yeah. And do they target rich rich uh, people at this point well, instead of just, you know, degenerate hippies on the beach? <laughs> well, I think we're about to get into a whole new uh, realm of who they're going after. Yeah, that'll be on part two. We'll I mean, hippies into... aren't having any assets to forfeit to purchase all these compounds. I mean, it sounds no, like yeah. Scientology where they're purchasing big, you know, real estate tracks across the whole world. Right. Yeah, we'll that that'll be part two. We'll see how they really start racking in the. Stay tuned, fans. In the cash. Get better. <laughs> Obviously, with everybody having sex, there were tons of kids being born into the cult, so that's inflating their numbers. Because no pulling out, am I right? Yeah, you're not allowed to pull out. <laughs> of course not. They would also absorb other Christian groups because I mean the term Jesus Jesus freak didn't just come from Children of God. I mean there was a lot of it just kind of the term just became from you know this whole thing with there was a lot of uh evangelical groups going on at this time attracting hippies so they would just go and absorb other one other groups also in 73 david's son aaron who we would assume was depressed because of his dad having sex with his wife all the time killed himself by jumping off of a mountain jesus Way to go, David Berg. Yeah, well, it didn't seem to bother him at all because he just kept moving forward. And then in 1974, he had, he introduced the most famous aspect of the cult, flirty fishing. Which is borderline prostitution to grow membership. Yep. And David Berg was the king shit pimp. For sure. Yep. And that's where we'll pick up next week. This well, is quite a tale here, was, fellas. Yeah, hell of a part one. Yeah, next week we'll we'll get into flirty fishing, and then we'll also see uh, the consequences of all this shit. Hmm. Pretty fucked up, and we haven't even hit like the 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 bad stuff yet. No, we're no, over here just, making jerk off jokes and jacking off to Jesus and trying to have fun with with what we can. Yeah, before uh, we get to some piece of shit stuff. Yeah, it takes a major turn. All right, Ian, you got anything else to add to uh, Children of God? Nope. Um, Think we about sums it up for part one. Yeah. Dave, what else you got for this this episode? I'd just like to say I'm a huge fan of David Berg. He's I'm just kidding though. This <laughs> guy's shit a wild of, piece of garbage and you, this is a horrible episode. You got any other jokes to get out about religion or the Bible? No, I think we I think we covered it. Covered it. Save hey. the rest for next week. I think we're clear on where I stand. <laughs> Ian, uh, what shout-outs we got this week? Uh for iTunes, we have JS Williamson. Frey seventy four, Jesse Bell twenty seven, Handbasket, and not a drug addict. Thank you very much for the uh, yeah. reviews. Yep, and then downloads keep going up. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. The uh, the subscriptions are big for us, so make sure you guys are subscribing if you're on uh, Apple or uh, iTunes, and uh, tell your friends to subscribe to us as well. We really appreciate it. Those reviews also make us feel good when we get to read those. Dave, what shout-outs you got? I would like to give a special shout-out to Julissa on Instagram. 
Actually, Julissa listened to our, an entire episode in half speed due to a, an error on her uh, on her uh, podcast app. Uh, possibly just because she liked to listen to our sweet and sexy voices. She wanted to prolong the experience, so she wanted to make it last twice as long. But uh, thanks for listening, Julissa. Appreciate it. Yeah. Glad we got that issue figured out because... Yeah. <laughs> At first, we thought we might have had a technical glitch, and we did not. It was but just a user error. It appears <laughs> that the podcast was functioning properly. <laughs> Either way, thank you very much for listening, uh, Julissa. We appreciate it. You've been a longtime listener. We appreciate the support. All right. Well, I guess that was a fun episode for as fun as fucked up can be. And uh, we will be back uh, next week to finish up this story. All right. You guys ready for a cold on beer? Cheers.